Generation 13 is graduating. Three years of training at Pirates are over. Three years captured in six episodes in this podcast. In this epilogue, I wanted to look back one more time. Together. On a sunny Sunday, I gathered Eleni, Marla, Renato and Zoe around my living room table for a conversation in four chapters. As we navigate through very different topics during the conversation, I created actual chapters in this audio to help you to find the way to the content of your interest. If you're mainly into Generation 13 because you enjoy the more personal stories of the protagonists, you might want to go straight to Chapter 3, where I invite Marla, Renato, Eleni and Zoe to predict each other's future, and you'll be able to see them through each other's eyes. And I think also Chapter 4 will be for you, where the students share their experiences of taking part in this podcast project. Have you been fascinated by these young people growing up in times of a pandemic, Black Lives Matter, debates on consent and gender equality, climate crisis and war, and by the storylines about the dynamics in the school, you could jump to chapter two. If you're a true dance enthusiast and interested in art schools, and you would equally like to join us in reflecting on parts as a school, you can sit back and continue listening. So. In short, for the personal stories, jump to chapter 3. For the more sociological interest, jump to chapter 2. And for more insights about parts, let's go from here. Voilà, so the first questions are related to parts. What are the images that exist around parts as a school? cliches or not cliches, images around parts as a school that you maybe had in the beginning or that people have? One of the best schools in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Lines. Also elite, maybe. Like the fact that it's uh, really known and there is like this Ana Teresa, the Kersmaker umbrella on the school. So that makes it very like an elite of contemporary dance. It also grants you immediate access to the market. Like you don't have to do anything more than just open your arms and wait for work. Mm. I remember when I was in Greece, we were like, oh, parts is the conceptual school. You go there, you don't dance, but you do like high art, you know. (laughs) 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 Which, no. (laughs) Yeah, because there is a lot of things of theory. That makes it this way, that yeah, we, are, like, we think. Mm-hmm. So also we are not really, it's not easy to work with us also maybe as performer because we speak too much. There is this <laughs> image, I think. But there is also this image of a bubble, very close bubble of a community that parts people, they don't really go out of this community, which in a certain extent is true because... Our uh, network is a lot related to past generation of parts, so then you also find work through last generations, which is nice because we can also find work easily in this community. Enfin, easily, just to speak. But <laughs> there is a real community that offer work in the field, but also 
I think it's not true. I think a lot of people that did parts went away and in other directions totally. But the one we keep in mind is mm -hmm. the one that inserts the fields in Belgium and that had are renowned because when you have parts etiquette, you're you're directly recognized by Belgium institution also. Is this what you've called elitist? Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because the other day we had a meeting with um, three graduates from parts from uh, generations before, and um, they were saying that ah oh, sometimes we put on our CV parts like first one so that people see it but other times we put it last or we don't put it at all <laughs> because then people know that you're from parts and they expect you to have a specific profile exactly and what would be that profile? I guess something very yeah with lines or very conceptual which, which I, yeah but which I think it's really not true you know like we're all individuals and we're doing different things um, just to come back to something maybe to the image that we have of parts from the outside I remember when I entered parts and I was speaking to uh, people in the field with dancers of our age I was I felt really judged because for them the image of parts was really pretentious and there is something that of all parts people are pretentious and I think all of them all of them <laughs> actually the formation make them be pretentious because they enter a community and then they are self-sufficient with this community and they are close-minded at the end and mm -hmm. this I find it not true but also a bit true because um, <laughs> <laughs> no, tell me why <laughs> uh, I think we can be I don't know how this word in, in English all the time complaisant it's like we can be really uh, complacent, no, complacent, I complacent think. like really happy about what we have and really just um, self-sufficient in this idea of just being in between us and being like also cocooned by the school and being but then to enter us it's hard so there is this distance from us no but there, there's this distance but is that that feels like that distance happens on like two levels one is this private life because we're all together which i'd say okay but then the other one which is on the professional the outsider's perception of us and that's a good question where does that who creates that perception yeah. and I feel like partially in first two years it's also us but it's also the institution which sort of sells itself as the third one of the, third, one of the three best schools in the world also like you know if the First days when we came in, we immediately received, you've been selected from this 1,000. Then you've been, only 200 had been invited. So there's this constant building towards this bubble, towards this maybe elitism, but also it's a marketing tactic for them. But then, then actually, what is it that we gain, not just we, but also the dance market gains mm -hmm. by creating this hierarchy? Because not much apart from marketing yeah, you are very articulated. Because when people come to us and judge us in this way, I just feel like, uh, come on, it's not about me, it's not about the generation, it's about the system that we are inside of it and now we have to play. So if it was you, they would be maybe the same thing. So what we 
as a dance community, universal dance community or whatever, what are we doing to, to change that? It's not only the generation they are inside, mm. it, because if they, if they keep <laughs> uh, judging the, the, the school or the generation, the people, the students they are inside of the school, and not like uh, trying to see in another way, or it will, it will be just a repeat, repetition, repetition of the same thing without uh, really concrete and true ideas and <laughs> about uh, rest. I think in part it's hard to dare being stupid. <laughs> Articulate, please. Like, <laughs> I think, I think, me sometimes I'm. Uh, I remember in first year I wanted to do all informal showings and I was so I felt such a pressure because I felt you guys were so smart and so like dedicated to what you do and also that the environment of the school like gives you space and time to create your own things but I think in the process of parts sometimes we arrive at a point of okay I have now to make something constructed and full and really um, that I can explain with words that I can sell also like there is really this logic I feel but this is true or this is what is in your head mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because I also feel that but I don't think it's true You know, like, I, I think the whole For pressure, sure. the whole thing, like, okay, we have to do something, boom. But then, I don't know, I like to do trash things. And mm. one day I had the feeling just to do some some shit, really mm. some trash thing. Mm. <laughs> I went to the informal show and did what I want. And I, I really dissipated this idea of, oh, I have to do something genius to, you know. I think it's all in our heads. Yeah, that to be. But stupid. we are a very uh, hard audience. It's very demanding. Yeah, it's very demanding. Like That's we why. see things and we expect from each other so much that we're like, okay, what is this shit that you made now? You know? yeah. Which is, uh, come on, you know. And even in in personal work when we're showing, I think that we observe things that if we presented the same thing somewhere else, people wouldn't. You know, but, but it's good also, this. It's both good, but sometimes I also feel that we lose the idea of school. Like, we don't hmm. let others to afford to be experimental or to do some crap just hmm. to try out because we already thrive for this professionalism as if we make it for outside immediately or as if right mm. on that first tryout in the frame of the informal showing, it has to be something that you can sell yeah. easily. I think now third year we kind of... St- started to be a bit more chill about, okay, you can do whatever you want and we can just let it drop, you know. We don't have, we need to have a whole feedback session for a small thing that was nothing, you know. Just for the clarity, what you were talking about, it's a dynamic among the students mm-hmm. in the first place, no? Like this critical, demanding push. But cr- this critical aspect from the students comes from... The, the school that brings us to this atmosphere between us because the classes, the theory classes or even the technical classes are so demanding already mm-hmm. then we become between us demanding as well mm-hmm. and that's in a way very good but also sometimes very tense. Yeah, I think it's how to learn, what you're saying is how to learn to give feedback, how to give feedback, you know. Well, that's how I learned that part also with you guys. How <laughs> to give feedback to people, you know, it's very mm. important. But the judgment and the critics will be always there, whether you want or not. And then you, you decide how you take it with uh, 
anger or with kindness. <laughs> True. Yes. Are there things that you had an image about before and that you feel like now going through the school that were not at all true? It's not the best school in the world. <laughs> <laughs> But you believed it before you came. Yeah. <laughs> also, That's a trap. <laughs> also the progressist idea of the school that I, I saw parts as a very not conservatoire, like, like not something that would keep uh, the tradition alive or and then you're you're in and you're like actually it's really hard to change things i think it's very laborious it doesn't even have to be a big change or like yeah you know if it's something that's really related to your daily rhythm then that change might come easily or like something if something is very practical mm. but when something it get moves up into a bit more into the social level then it then that change gets mm. hard. Mm. Like, but you also fight against not just practicalities, but the histories all the time. Mm. And different than in other schools? You all have experience in other institutions? Mm. For me, in my old school, it was a bit... Um, we didn't have the school for ourselves, so we had to. We were there for some time, but then at three or something we had to leave because there were other classes that were happening for children and everything so you leave same mm. quite different from here mm. <laughs> me coming from very uh, I would say oppressive or very strict ballet background I arrived at Paris and I thought oh wow I feel I'm free I can do whatever I can eat whatever I can like try new things and be experimental and stuff so from this background I have this uh, pathway I was also going to say something similar but like putting it a bit differently like at least I'm not here I'm not getting shouted at by a teacher or by any of the staff, mm. you know, mm. like in my previous school, it was constant. Here I get shouted at by my peers, <laughs> but I rather argue with them, you know, I rather argue with them with, than with the position of a hierarchy. Yeah. yeah, it's almost a paradox that what you were saying as the school is so much around and for this group of 40 people, you are much more the school and you demand much more. Yes. There's less distance and therefore you're maybe more demanding or expecting the change. Yeah, because yeah. As, as a first year, uh, Paris was our home. Like, we were here, like, so much. And it was really, like, me, I was like, okay, that's my new home. And I remember that last generation's people, they were like, welcome to, to your new home because for three years you're gonna really live here. Like, you're, mm -hmm. it's, it's not even like to thing. work. It's like living, you know? This podcast is like a time capsule, capturing the many different layers of life in a period of three years in real time. It was a very particular period with the COVID pandemic and all the personal and social tensions it brought to the surface. This generation of youngsters is smart, vocal and unwilling to accept injustice and inequality. The world is shaking and they want to help to change it for the better. This particular group at Parts started with trying to change a school 
and continuously had to find out ways to live together through these difficult times, handle conflict, and try to keep it together in a reality of bubbles. I, for myself, was fascinated by how they combined their social engagement with the strong assertion of their individuality, and how this sometimes caused short circuits. But how did they look back at their own generation? My first question is if you would have to describe the 13th generation of pirates in some words, what would they be? Wild. <laughs> no. Traumatized. <laughs> Depressive. No, not depressive. Drama. <laughs> Drama. Drama. Real. Messy. Drama again. <laughs> Wait, romantic, did you say drama? No. Oh. A bit romantic. A bit uh, nostalgic. We are quite funny. Different. Renato? We're thinking. <laughs> There was. Oh. Go, Renato. Overthinkers. <laughs> For sure. Smart conceptual dancers. <laughs> wow. Loud. C connected and disconnected too. A bit moody. <laughs> What is moody? Like, Mood swing. Yeah. Oh. You come in the morning, you're a bitch. Only then it's a bit fun, but then again. Uh, <laughs> Only when it rains. <laughs> Only when it rains. No. When it rains a lot, so. <laughs> so all the time. <laughs> okay. Well, in the previous weeks, I went to ask the same question to some people in the school. I think I asked seven people from the staff, uh, in the kitchen, mentors, technique, etc. The same question, like how would, what would you uh, describe? And I'll give you some quotes, and then the quotes can be the basis to oh to God. reflect. But uh, you, say, you say the name? No, I just took quotes. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> Afterwards, okay. um, one quote I'll give you is uh, the following. So in Paris, we have one group in the school for three years, and this group leaves before the next group comes in, and this idea of these generations. And in order to allow for this group to build its own character, and I think that Corona made this very difficult with the first lockdown in March 2020, and then there was this distance of five months, and then almost the, the full second year was the bubbles and separation, and, and that actually in this last year where everything was possible again, that it became apparent that something was missing and that the group was less of a group than they would have hoped for or that we as a school maybe would have hoped for, that some of the glue was gone. Hmm. Go for it, Zozo. <laughs> I agree with the fragmentation, right? Me, I agree with the fragmentation, but that doesn't mean that we are not a group for me. Because of course we can, you can't have full affinities with everybody mm -hmm. and full deep relation with everybody. It's too many people. But I don't think it's so... I speak really for myself, but I don't feel the frustration of missing something. Or I feel it's here. It's really strong here. We are related by the school and by our experience of parts and corona, which happens at the same time. But And the fragmentation exists, but I'm not sure there is something missing because it's how it's 
it's a bit cliche, but it's how we, it's, it's meant to be, you know, like this story of us. I mean, I think that before, before Corona, maybe, I mean, it was first year, we still didn't know each other so well. So we're like really all together, everyone hanging out with everyone. And after Corona, we kind of became more individuals or a bit more independent. Everyone was a bit like, okay, I need my time or mm -hmm. this is my thing and this is my thing and don't touch this, don't touch that. Like, And then everything started to become a bit more like this little bubble here, this here, this here. I'll take fragmented as a compliment. Mm. I, I don't understand this strife towards a, a unanimous voice, you know, the unity which doesn't, which exclude all the different voices and uh, different opinions. So, I mean, I also a lot agree with uh, the individual, though not with the independent. Mm. I think everyone is like super individual, but I don't think if it's also independent. I feel like we also we depend a lot on each other, and in the midst of this individualism, we forget to notice how our individual choices affect each other. Actually, in this community, because we are a bubble, which we cannot just break up, we cannot pop it, and we sort of form a micro society. Mm. Yeah, I like the fragmentation because I like that I can jump to group to group and like, uh, you know, be different, be different uh, to explore different personalities of myself mm -hmm. because we are not the same in each with the, with everybody, you know. <laughs> so I can add a line which makes it the same observation a bit more concrete. It says, I think it concretely shows in that it's not easy for them to work together in situations where they have not chosen to work together, mm. like the festival, like the group works where you choose for a choreographer, but not necessarily for the group. I think this is very true because we have a very strong personality. Like we all have our opinions and it's like, okay, the, it's, it's my opinion and everyone will try to defend their opinion until the end. So then after there is all the time conflict and all the time Mm. You, I mean, for me, it's important, of course, to have your opinion, but always back up and be like, okay, but what do you want to say, Zoe? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just want to bring a little bit of positive inside of it, which is, yes, we say our opinion and we speak out loud and and there is confrontation in the group, this for sure. But at the end, look, the festival we are making is going to be amazing So at the end, every time it brings something to the work, also to the artistic, and we learn also. So just to be positive about that, I think we don't really know how to work together, but it's a forever process to know how to work with a group. It's the hardest thing, no, to to be in a community and to work and to to know how to listen, to know how to give feedback, to know mm -hmm. how to understand the other, but also uh, be demanding. So all of that and to accept the person in front of you, the culture of the person in front of you, the way of speaking of the person in front of you, all these things. Mm -hmm. So it's never easy, and us, we are confronted maybe more, but it brings also beautiful things, I guess. I disagree. I, I believe that we can work together. And I even like the conflict, because it's part of it. I think we just don't, I believe 
that we don't know how to deal with conflicts. And that's the problem. Because conflicts will be there, then we, each one has your opinion, each one has your, you know, your inputs to give. That's brilliant, that's amazing that everybody's talking, everybody can say something. It's, it's fucking good. But then, once we are in the middle of the, the problem, everybody like uh, with the nerves very high, <laughs> how to, to control, how to deal, how mm. to, you know... How to be, because I agree, it's good to have conflicts mm-hmm. and everything, but then it's not only this, you know, it's not yeah. only like conflict, conflict, because then we, we will never get to a, to a result or whatever. Maybe and working together, even we like it or not, needs to have a result in this frame. Yeah. Like but do you think project. really we don't know how to handle conflict? Because... There were conflicts that was very hard, but they were always solved at the end. No? Not mm. solved, but we <laughs> went through. A bit like under we the carpet. We went through. We went through. It's we really put through. aside. But no, no, like, yeah, no, it's just my experience that also, like, um, as a generation, we often don't know how to take responsibilities for some things. Mm. And maybe not all the time, and there are also yeah. exceptions, but maybe that's how I see the three years that, like, Sometimes taking the responsibility as a group work or like for actions, also individual actions that contribute to the group work is sometimes lacking. I can add a quote which indeed also counterbalances the fragmentation in itself or the, the fights, let's say. And it goes more to the resilience. It says they are both fragile and resilient. Those two words seem to contradict each other, but I feel like they're both very present in this group. And then from another person, which really ties in, I think there has been a very strong sense of resilience. They haven't given up. They keep trying. They keep trying to communicate. They keep trying to collaborate. They keep dancing through the hardship. On the one hand, of course, they simply have to. But at the other hand, they do. And you see it in concrete situations, but also in the larger sense. If you see a number of students dropped out in the first lockdown, eh, some people, some students uh, quit parts, but all the rest stayed, all through the difficult times, the two years that followed, and that's quite amazing. You can cry. <laughs> <laughs> you can cry, so. <laughs> uh, no, when you said that, um, just going back a little bit to the conflict thing, oh, I don't know how to say this word, but we easily avoid conflict. I know is because of this thing, uh, uh, because of the resilience. I really believe it's because of the resilience. We don't want to fight each other. We don't want to hurt each other and, and those things. We want to have a healthy conversation and have a debate and stuff. But conflicts brought us to there. We are humans and we got feelings. And sometimes that is a system uh, that someone, I don't know who, is trying to put in part with the non-violence vi- communication. communication. For me, that's bullshit because it goes in a, in a system that you have to control your, yeah. your, your feelings. That is a, a line. Then if your feelings goes to this, reach this line, you have to come down and think, you know, kind of controlling yourself. And sometimes I don't want to control myself. I want, I want, to, I want to talk with anger and that should be fine because feelings, it's part of me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I want to fight sometimes and this should be fine and after we say I love you I love you but we do we the wrong things sometimes yeah. don't cry <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but to come back to what you said about the quote, mm. I, that really touches me because I think we do our best. We really do our best. So that's why when I, when when sometimes I feel it's like we are a pro, the problem generation or whatever, COVID I'm like, generation. no, like we do our best and we are so strong. I feel even if the group is fragmented and everything, we are so strong. We are a very strong group and I feel it's really deep. Voilà. I can try to make you cry again. <laughs> I have another one and it says, I have a lot of respect for the way that in the end they honor their commitment each time, even though there were real struggles. Oh, that's oh a positive one. Yes. Maybe, I don't know, I heard it often much more from the opposite sort of, mm. with commitment. Yeah. So I'm like, now I'm surprised. Okay, that's good. <laughs> another one. Oh, fuck. It says... <laughs> It says, they have guts. This generation, they dare to say things, to voice their thoughts and their disagreements. The world today is going through fundamental changes. And this generation, like in general, like not necessarily this generation in the school, but your generation in the world, is making this possible. Maybe they will not yet be the ones who will give the shape to the new world, but they will have been crucial for drawing lines and forcing doors to open. We will have to be grateful for them for making this possible. Who was this? I, I mean, say because that. it's a supporter. Oh. Of <laughs> yes. But they're not two camps. Uh, they're not, they're, no, like no, they're no. usually one camp stuff. And no, 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 no. I think this was Boyana. I didn't talk to Boyana. No, <laughs> no. I think it's maybe Carol. Carol. True. Could be. Guess Why do you feel the need to individualize this one and not the other? <laughs> 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 do you feel that's about your generation? For sure. But we I, are loud. <laughs> we are loud, but I feel the next generation, they're mm -hmm. gonna, they are even more loud than us, and it's nice. Mm -hmm. And I think that the generation 14 will be like, <laughs> oh my God, like I can't wait to see I them like not. revolting and things, no? Of course no? it would be like that. <sighs> protest, protest, protest. Change. Go, Generation change, change. Over the course of these years, we had the opportunity to get to know Renato, Eleni, Zoe and Marla quite well, as they went through some important events and personal developments. But we mostly learned about them through their own observations and reflections. What do we see when we look at them through each other's eyes? After all, they have lived and worked together all this time. So I asked them to predict each other's future. What image do they see for each other in 10 years? Okay. Mm -hmm. How do we see Renato in 10 years? Yes. I think Renato will be somewhere in between Hungary and Brussels all the time, going back and forward a bit. Is this all you don't agree? <laughs> More in between Hungary and Ghent. <laughs> You're very specific. <laughs> Explain why can't because I think you will be more engaged in the Flemish scene, and you don't like so much big cities, so you will be more 
like having some residencies in smaller city like Ghent or Antwerp? No, I think you will be running around Europe with your company, you know, because I'm sure you're going to have a company and you'll be a successful choreographer that people will criticize you a lot. Be, be wary for that. <laughs> But it will be a big thing. Huh? I can see that. <laughs> okay, we'll work a lot in uh, museum spaces also <laughs> and uh, be in close relationship with outside outdoor performance happening, installation. Um, so this is for his work. But I also see him having a garden in Hungary in which he can like make his own vegetables and fruit and things like that and really work with the earth and with uh, like with more nature and going for very long hiking um ah i know for your personal life you will find you will find at one point someone that will be like your partner of hiking going back to nature to listen uh, in to the, the, the silence exactly in the in the middle of the working time that you have a lot And you will be quite stressed, quite workaholic. The visions of Zoe. <laughs> you will be wearing uh, barefoot shoes, you know, <laughs> and have like big backpack with your climbing shoes hanging and a, and a bike like this. Oh, and yeah. your big dog running behind. Ah, a dog, a dog. Yes. And, and of course, noise cancelling headphones. <laughs> <laughs> would it suit you? In 10 years. <laughs> no stress. Yeah, take out the stress. <laughs> no workaholics and so on. No, I mean, like, I'm already kind of trying to calm down okay. on it. Okay, Eleni, in 10 years. Mm. No, I see Eleni staying here in Brussels, like, pretty much permanently. Well, I don't know. I see Eleni as a freelancer, like a very crazy, giving her workshops all around. <laughs> And I don't know, I see you diverse in the things you, you want to do, you know, like she can be doing anything in 10 years. <laughs> really, dance, teaching or choreographing or even just taking 10 years of holidays, you know. I don't really see you taking being able to take holidays. I see you being as busy as right now during the festival, like no free day of no free rehearsals day of a... I like this uh, future of model. <laughs> you will give technique class in parts. Yeah. And also, not in 10 years, but in 20 years, you will be a badass mom. So... Eleni, she will, uh, I say the image we, we said, she will <laughs> drive a car, smoke Zoe a cigarette, has my oh, <laughs> smoke like that, listening to very loud music in the car, and the kid behind, like, dancing, <laughs> and her, like, being, like, just, ah, you know what, it is life, it's smoking <laughs> cigarette and driving very my chill. car nice. in the coast of Greece. Oh my god. But I still believe you will stay in Brussels. And she will be giving a workshop to my company as well. In yeah. 10 years, yeah. <laughs> be sure about it. We do a collab. <laughs> collab. Collab. <laughs> Very nice. I like my future. I'm uh, looking forward. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> Approved. Approved. Check. And Marla? Oh my god. Mm. I see Marla traveling a lot across the world. I think Marla, you will uh, have a big association, a big structure. 
to help the marginalized community like to i don't know like to 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 make subculture more seen and heard and things like that but mm -hmm. also in another way you will make your own work many solos i see many solos in your future <laughs> like now it's just the first one but it's gonna be like thousand not thousand but maybe 10 20 solos but i think kind of also like you will be making your own like not company but collective with people that they're very close to you and very like family but also <laughs> but also you're like You want diverse people, you travel around and you stay a bit to places, you meet people, you you go everywhere. And then after this big period of traveling and taking and meeting people, then you have like a, a big collective with different people and like you do crazy things. And yeah, I take this future also. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, seven babies. <laughs> seven babies. <laughs> <laughs> you will have seven babies running around. <laughs> 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 yes. Kids, but very free and... In 10 years. No? No, maybe oh, okay. a bit more. You will be more settled, you think? You have know. to create, honey. But me, uh, <laughs> me, I said free and you said in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> no, about big babies. In no, I no, think maybe, that... Yeah, no, maybe, yeah, maybe years, you maybe can have... Years. Mm. But I see you with like two, three, four babies. Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> I take this future. <laughs> I can accept. And then Zoe? That's a hard one. Uh, <laughs> in a big city somewhere, you will be very, very busy, but like with your project, with other people's project, with this, with this and that, you will have like a million of things happening, but you will be like all the time running around and don't have time for like things you know and you will be like doing a lot of exhibitional things and you know <laughs> see you a bit as like the director I don't know if it's the director of your of own the, institution of, of you of her gonna festival be, or, not just for her her festival, festival in set will be big <laughs> yeah. but yeah I see you more being going back to the south of France and just like almost permanently I mean this is how my imagination and I know it's not gonna happen actually But if I look at you, like, this is what I see. When I retire, I go back to some friends, uh -huh. not before. <laughs> you can't run away from your um, faith. You have three children. And In 10 years. Yes. And you will discover your bisexuality. And you will live in the polyamor. Not impossible. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> not impossible. <laughs> I think I buy this future. I want to have several lovers and several kids. <laughs> several projects. <laughs> and several projects. <laughs> and boss time. And we are going to be rich. Very rich. Very rich. <laughs> you don't want to be rich. Well, yeah, that's true, but now I want. Okay, you can. <laughs> In 
this podcast, Renato, Eleni, Marla and Zoe shared a lot about their life with audiences worldwide. After going through this process of interviewing and collecting voice recordings, I was curious to hear from them how they experienced this whole process. I noticed along the way that they were very open about certain topics, but consciously kept others backstage. How did that work? And do they remember why they wanted to participate to this project in the first place? And what made them going until the very end? Well, may I remember you coming in Studio 3? <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like, okay, let's put our names. I was like, well, oh, okay. But I don't, I don't know if I want, but I will just put my name, come on. So. <laughs> And here we are, three years after. <laughs> but, you know, I didn't realize what like three years meant, really. Yeah. Uh, like now I'm realizing what the three years meant. Always when I went through dance, since my pathway, I was always being called to, to some things. You know, I speak here because people need to hear your reality mm. to open more their minds. And I was really curious and interested to, to speak out in this podcast, to have this experience. Then I said, oh, no, I can't speak English. I can't express myself. Then I didn't apply. But then the feeling came into me like, hey, I want to have an interview with you just to see if you fit in the podcast, if it's interesting to have you. Then I was like, okay. Then we had the first interview and I was already feeling in, like, no, she wants me. She wants me because I have so much content to give, so much information. <laughs> and indeed, I, I, I think we... It was very sp special experience, yeah. Me, I remember I started to do this podcast because I wanted my family to understand what I was doing in parts. So <laughs> to have a bit of explanation of the deep everyday life and the experience that is happening here. And also as a memory. I was like, I'm sure like in 10, 20 years, you can listen to that again and be just like, That's what we lived, and it's like materialized, this experience. Yeah, and what kept you going? Because three years in the end, I can imagine it was demanding. Me, I, because I was really having a hard time sending. I was forgetting all the time, and then I was, uh, well, I can't, well, I don't know what to say, or I was, I was always saying the same things. And I think also because of you, I mean, I was like, okay, we made this promise to Delphine, we have to keep doing it. So it was a lot about you doing it for, okay, let's send, oh, we have to. Like, every time we see each other, it was like, did you did send, you send to Delphine? Did, did you, you send? send to Delphine? <laughs> How many did you send? We How know many I did you send? Hope, hoping when that is at least the last one of us would have sent something that. so we can get by it. When is the last time you sent? Yeah. Uh, one week ago. Shit. Okay, send me. Me and Marla, every time we speak, we're like, did you send? Um, yes, I sent a bit. I was like, yeah, me too, a bit. I sent one. How many did you send? And Marla is like, yeah, I sent seven. I'm like, bitch, I sent you one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I think it started to get, a, I, I was getting a bit more into it when I knew that it wasn't so much as a diary or, or something like this, but I could like put my phone and record a conversation with someone else or, yeah, like with other people also. It got more fun. Were there moments where you wanted to stop? Me never. It's not stopping or like something similar, but like there was like for me a struggle when 
I didn't really know what to share because the things that I went through, like my heart period, which was like, I haven't got so much. And also like having to share that little was like, I became super protective about it. And then it was like a real struggle to get through it. So I wouldn't say that I considered like that quitting. I was like, okay, I just don't know what mm. to share or what can I share. But even when you had some, because I remember also having some period like now sharing something. It's but because we have diaries or things like that that you know what which period. So sometimes I was a bit cheating. And I was, <gasps> and back. I was like going back a month ago and saying, "Hey, it's a third of <laughs> December, but it's the third of January," and just saying what happened this day, just to have a sort of continuity. And it was true what I was saying, but just I was putting it in the present moment to have more reality for you. But for example, in, if in a day you have really a bad news, it's nice for the podcast because. Enfin, voilà, yeah, it's drama. But, <laughs> good but, and bad is good. It's good, you know. Yeah, know yeah, good news or bad news, uh, news, and you're not ready to say because of good news too. But then to de to delay it, it can be a. Yeah, it's a I think it's because we don't want to feel vulnerable for mm -hmm. the people that we don't know. Yeah, like a mm -hmm. uh, thousand of people are listening. That you know, mm -hmm. and then like people are gonna hear about your father, about your mother, about you know, about your parents, about our private mm -hmm. life. Yeah, people who listen to it have the feeling that you're very open and you share a lot. But of course, you make a lot of choices and there's a lot of things that you don't <laughs> yeah. talk about, right? Yes. Me, I don't say it. Like all my uh, private, private uh, intimate never. Uh, love uh, life, I don't say because, no. Because no, it maybe. could, uh, also because it's also often related to parts people <laughs> and I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable and... Imagine I tell all my stuff. <laughs> I would be so ashamed. <laughs> wow. True. Did I say something related to that? You can delete no, it. Then. No. <laughs> I was waiting for it to happen, but it didn't. Oh my God. Was it this thing about love in part? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just tell people that like, it's, it's, it was still something, but you're never going to know about it. Yeah. A secret But it's so funny because I remember you, Delphine, asking me if I was with Vlad, uh, but this in, in September, and I was with Solal. But then I wanted to tell you, but I'm with Solal. <laughs> and, and I didn't say it because I was like, uh, because I was How a bit with Vlad, so yeah. also it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> These kinds of things. It's too complicated for people to understand from outside. Oh, that's why we don't get into it because it's, it's too, too complicated. It's, it's like one big. year, you're, the next year, it's the opposite. You know, like it changes. <laughs> love stories, a lot of flirts, a lot of, uh, you know. But everything finished good? No. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> okay. Not from my part, I'm okay. sorry, unfortunately. Okay. Unfortunately. To the end and beyond. It's the beginning of the end. You each want a glass? Yeah. I also yes. have beers. The infinite and beyond. Alors, il est au-delà. C'est quoi? Il sera à l'eau qui a grand à la paix.
Generation 13 is a podcast by me, Delphine Hesters. Nele Eekhout is my coach. Mixing was done by Brecht Plasgaard. Carlos Garbin created the theme music and the visuals are made by David and Duiver. This podcast is made possible thanks to the support of Parts, Concertgebouw Brugge, Kai Theater, Pakt Zolverein, Stuk, Dansesus Oslo, The Single, and etc. Funding was provided by the Vlaamse Gemeenschap, Brussel's Hoofdstedelijk Gewest, and the Vlaamse Gemeenschapscommissie in Brussel. Many thanks to all the students of Generation 13 and their teachers and the whole team of parts for their trust and support. And my deepest gratitude to Marla, Zoe, Eleni, Renato and Kia for taking this journey together. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please do spread the word on your social media.